0: It is 7 p.m., maybe 8 p.m. The sun has been down for what five feels like hours. 20 hours. Actually, five hours. And it is below freezing. Rebecca, what are we doing walking around Berlin at this ungodly you, time? The things
1: you do for your extracurricular activities, I tell you. Anything for the podcast. <laughs> exactly.
0: We are going to one of the most sacred
1: Christmas institutions in all of Europe, which is the Christmas market. Yeah, which are very famous in Germany. They're the top of the list of every tourists. At the top of every tourist list, I should say, of when they come to Germany in December. So today's episode is predictably about Christmas and the
0: weird things the Europeans do with it. We're going to talk about the good, the bad and the ugly. If you stay tuned with us, we will later tell you about more political things like what's going on in Malta, um, with Brexit and with the Me Too movement. But first, we're going to go see one
1: of the things that we think Europe does really well when it comes to Christmas. Speaking of weird things that Europeans do, I actually think it's kind of weird growing up in Australia um, and you know obviously Christmas is in summer over there and uh, everyone spray paints their window with Christmas spray with snow so it looks like we have this whole idea about it being in the winter and it being cold and chestnuts and all that sort of jazz But actually people are just sitting around the barbie, like sinking a few tinnies, eating, you know, chops and fish. Okay, so we are just walking into this Christmas market and
0: my God, it is magical. (laughs) Hear them, (laughs) Violins. There are hanging lights, there are stars. There are Scandinavian flags of various varieties hanging from different red wooden stalls that are selling lovely warm things that you can eat and drink. Do you feel the magic?
1: You're looking at me like you don't. I thought you were asking the audience. (laughs) We're surrounded by a lot of wood hut houses. Yes, enjoying the wood hut house environment. (laughs) Um, Definitely feels like a log... Cabin in the snowy mountains. Minus the snow, I'm a little disappointed. If you're going to be oh. in somewhere that's this cold, you may as well have snow. I'm going to have a Grüner Veltliner juice, which is not just a mulled
0: wine, but they fucking pump it up with amaretto.
1: Inside. Oh, it's amaretto! I've got cash.
0: That's what you need always in Germany. They don't take card almost anywhere. <laughs> and
1: we're, okay, and we're, to we're up next. Yeah. Yeah. With the Hello Hallo. Um, ich hätte gern ein bitte. And a blue wine too.
0: Rot and a Mmm, amaretto. Oh, you're coming around to the blue wine idea.
1: Can I just have the amaretto? Minus the blue wine. <laughs> All right, drinks in yeah. hand. Armed and fortified, let's uh, carry on. Warmed with booze and hot drinks. We're going to cure up. Do you want mood? to cure up for a sausage?
0: Oh yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs>
1: oh my god, what is this, Rebecca? <laughs> Have you seen um, one of these before? I ha- there are people in, oh my, what is that? There okay. are people in kind of woolen coats strung up on hooks. Yeah, we've come across like, it's a circle where,
0: as you say, there are coats like literally like hanging almost like puppets from metal frames and people have kind of like slotted themselves into these hot coats. They're sitting on radiators. This is that a warming is up station.
1: It is pretty cold, so I'm I not surprised okay. this is a very popular station. <laughs> Should we go give it a go, considering we're freezing our off? I want off? one. Yes. Let's go.
0: Okay, is there a line? There's a line for everything here. Do you have to pay for this thing? I don't think so. Are these girls leaving? Oh, perfect. Okay, I'm going to let you do it. I'll hold the mics. Rebecca's putting her stuff down. I don't know how to describe <laughs> this. It looks like a medieval torture device. There's like a, a coat hanging in the shape of a human from a metal rod, and... There's a place for you to sit, <laughs> which has a heater underneath it. A Am lovely I supposed to take radiator. off my own coat before I put on their coat? Guess it depends how toasty you want to be. I don't think my coat will fit under their coat. Do you think
1: these all have bed bugs? <laughs> and the arms are on the strings. <laughs> I feel like if I jump off this little wooden heater, I'm gonna fly.
0: Fly, Bitvan! Or if you keep drinking that lumumba. Thank God we are back in my warm apartment, our lovely recording studio, um, and ready to talk about about some Christmas traditions that take place elsewhere in Europe.
1: Yeah, I mean, so many of the Christmas Christmas traditions that have traveled, that we're familiar with, originated in Europe. You know, Santa comes down the chimney, even Santa Claus, that whole concept started here. Um, You know, you're used to it being cold and snowing and chestnuts and those sort Roasting of things. Roasting on the open fire, tra la 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 yes. Exactly, Christmas carols, etc. <laughs> there are some other
0: traditions, though, that have not made it across the pond to the United States, at least, and I would imagine... Certainly not
1: to Australia. Not
0: to Australia, either, that we want to talk about. Um, we promised we would address not just the lovely wonderful things of the Christmas time season here in Europe but also the bad and the ugly. So let's talk about some of the things that I find like slightly less uh yuletide joy.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> We'll start in a region that we've spoken about before in a more political context. That's Catalonia, the region of Spain that are trying to break away recently. They've got a rather interesting Christmas tradition. What's it called, Claire? The Tio de Nadal. Yes, that is
0: Catalonia's very famous shitting log.
1: Yes, you heard that, folks. shitting If you need
0: other words for it, I would say defecating tree branch or (laughs) crapping um, stump. He is a delightful creature. He is a small log, as we've previously described, about the length of your forearm or so. Um, And they take good care of him in the days leading up to Christmas. He's a feature in Catalonian households. They dress him up in nice warm blankets. We should say he has a cute little smiley face painted in front and he's propped up often on little sticks so he looks like a little pet and the kids are encouraged to keep him warm and feed him and treat him well it's kind of sweet It's kind of like having a dog i suppose it is it's like having a dog that on christmas you then take sticks and beat the hell out of him and hope that he's going to crap out prison uh, presents that is and sweets
1: Ah, so it's like a piñata. Yeah, to do most dogs the do it? <laughs> no, but it's kind of like teaching your kids to um, have responsibility and look after this thing. And if you're if you're good to it, <laughs> then you can beat it like a piñata, uh-huh. and lollies will fall out. Is that the idea? That is the idea, but. Or am I mixing my metaphors? That is the
0: idea. And I think think the log actually is hollow. I'm not clear on whether it actually does shit out presents in the end or if this is just part of like a folkloric tradition. Does it
1: shit out candy or does it shit out actual presents? I think small gifts like a uh, Christmas cracker. Like stuff you might get in your Santa stocking, for instance.
0: Let's talk about another thing that I'm not surprised is not caught on elsewhere. This is a terrifying Christmas tradition.
1: You know Krampus, right? Krampus. Yeah. I said tradition because I was trying to say Krampus and tradition. Krampus. Um, Krampus. He's popular in southern Germany and Austria. Do you want to tell us a little bit about him? As far as I understand it, he is this like half goat, half devil type
0: creature who comes to beat children with a rod. A lot of these traditions, at least in the US, it's been completely whitewashed. It's just like, okay, the worst thing that can happen to you is you get a lump of coal, right? Like you behave badly. Santa doesn't leave you presents. They leave coal. Do you not have that? You're making no, a face at me. I do not know. I just to not... say,
1: like, I'm not. Also, not so Christmassy. I can't even remember Christmas. Really, you never in the got cold since. You, you never didn't... felt.
0: You never felt the absolute I rejection. Of never naughty. Been a, always on the naughty nice. list. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine.
1: I know that you can. You know you know the, the the carols you know better think twice you're naughty or nice or something like that what okay that so you had go? the vague threat of getting yeah. coal
0: but never actually manifested itself nope. i have to say i never got coal either and i think most kids in the u.s don't because we are all um coddled you get lots of presents instead but at least like the the legend is there but europe takes it to the next level it's not just that you don't get a lot of presents if you're not good it's that you get this monstrous creature, I think in the folklore a devil goat. He's massive. He's bigger than a human. He's got like shaggy hair coming off of him. He's absolutely terrifying. If you Google Krampus, I think they just made a horror movie out of him, like, the other year, actually.
1: Was it a cartoon or was it an actual... No, I think it was a CGI. I didn't see it. It looked
0: bad, but it looked like some CGI
1: horror film called Krampus. Look it up. Well, if you, you any fable, any fairy tale from Germany, those sort of Hansel and Gretel, anything like that, they're terrifying. So I'm not surprised that they stick it into their Christmas, Christmas traditions as well. Krampus comes around parading
0: through the streets in Christmas parades. He also likes to hide behind corners and jump out and scare children absolutely horrifying not a um not a messenger of goodwill
1: now there's another tradition in romania that is you know maybe at first glance seems totally absurd or kind of barbaric but i suppose really in a paganistic kind of traditional way once again it's it's sort of um the culminating what's the tradition during Inyat, you display your wealth by like inviting all your neighbors over to the slaughtering of a pig but it's kind of barbaric in that you <laughs> chase this pig around and you hold it down and then you cut its throat <laughs> in That's your backyard. <laughs> and then everyone gets around and throws firebombs at oh, it and oh, oh, uh, sets it Christmas. alight in your <laughs> in your backyard. You know, when I was a kid, I think I would have been absolutely terrified if my neighbors were doing that or my parents were doing that or of the pig or its slaughter. Well, Look, I eat meat, full disclosure here. I'm not uh, I'm trying to... See, but I think chasing a pig around till you can pin it down and slaughter it in front of a crowd and then th- firebomb it. So And then everyone t- tears strips off it and eats its flaming skin. Romania is keeping it real on Christmas. That, keep, that is, that is the, I think, the definition of keeping it real. Yeah. That <laughs> Let's is, not
0: pretend that's not what happens to our Christmas uh, I mean, meat and things that we eat. Before. I'm used to waking
1: up on the 25th of December, go over to the tree, find lots of presents, you unwrap them, ho, 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 isn't life great? I mean, this is. No Krampus coming to scare the shit out of you. I, no way. I mean, yeah. I kind of, you know, you got to give it to them. They're disciplining their kids. Yeah. So
0: those are the things that we find, you know, a little bit off color, a little bit strange, not so familiar, coming from the United States and Australia. But there are a couple of traditions in Europe that I find truly abhorrent. Um, one of them you may have heard of. It is a tradition that takes place in Holland and Belgium and I believe Luxembourg. It is the character known as Zwarte Piet or Black Peter in English and he... He is okay. On according to them, he is the assistant of Santa Claus, which is Santa Claus, right? He's the guy who comes with Saint Nicholas and his, his little assistant. Um, you know, Some might
1: say slave.
0: Some might say slave, and the reason they might say slave is because he is a black person, and he, in the tradition, comes from Spain, which was under Moorish occupation. But the thing that in 2017 is absolutely mind-boggling coming from the United States is that people still dress up as Santa's little slave helper, Black Peter, and that involves the full shebang with blackface i mean they you see and these are dutch people who are usually super white big blue eyes they get all black faced up they put on red lips and often afros um and things like that and they walk around like they dress
1: up like you know those gollywogs which i'm gonna have to admit here full disclosure again i had one gollywog is it's a doll, right? It's a doll. It's a crochet doll of basically that sort of, of that tradition. Basically, red-lipped, black, black Peter doll. It's a little golly Well, I don't know. I had it as a kid. I didn't really think anything of it. I didn't
0: know it was wrong. We do not have those in the United States. I remember when I was in a supermarket in Amsterdam around Christmas time a couple of years ago. And we were at the checkout. And they had a face paint kit for... <laughs> black Peter in the like, like last minute grab section of this checkout aisle. And it was a palette of black paint to put on your face, a tube of red lipstick, and like this afro to put on your head. And I was like, oh my God, this is like a household must have in Holland, like, oops, did you forget to put your blackface
1: on this, yeah? <laughs> Lucky for you, we thought of it at the checkout. There have been some calls. A couple of years ago, the UN put out a call. They said, okay, guys, okay, Holland, it's time to give up this tradition. Well,
0: the United Nations had told them to to put a sock in it. And, and they like, blatantly stop with ignored
1: it. it. I mean, maybe we should have done this episode from Holland. That would have been kind of cool to see... Yeah. But it's definitely going on if you a lot Google of their high anything... government
0: officials I mean a lot of people really completely defend it there. like even one of the, like, the a high minister within Europe who's Dutch. Like they just they say they say it's part of their tradition um, that it's not racist that this is just the way that the character is depicted so they're dressing up as him you know it's a tradition all this time and it's not meant to bring any offense to anyone so that's the ugly we've told you the lovely thing i would also
1: put glue vine in the ugly to be honest oh is it getting Or maybe just put that in the
0: bad okay i'm
1: taking it out of the good category and putting it into the bad
0: yeah i'm happy with
1: bad for the glue vine yeah sorry okay
0: Okay, so going back to Christmas markets for a minute. Um, Just last Friday, late in the afternoon, just when we thought the work week was over, came home, got a notification that there was a suspect package that had been left at a Christmas market in Potsdam. That's a city that's just outside of Berlin. And if you'll remember last year, a man drove a truck into a crowded Christmas market at Breitscheidplatz in Berlin in the name of the so-called Islamic State. He killed 12 people and injured many more. So the city's been on really high alert this year for this sort of thing. And we saw these reports coming in that, you know, it's never clear immediately what's going on. You find a suspicious package, you assume the worst. Um, Eventually it turned out that it was, you know, eventually it turned out that they got the situation under control. And in fact, it turned out to be not a terrorist attack, but an attempt to blackmail the shipping company DHL. Now, everybody, everybody hates THL here in Berlin because they don't <laughs> deliver your packages up the stair. They don't bother to ring the bell, and then they leave you, like, notices saying
1: you've got a so, day. So somebody got really annoyed about not getting to, their package. Yeah, I guess it remote. is terrorism in some, in some respects, I suppose. Perhaps it's not Islamic terrorism, but it is still kind of threatening to blow up your postal workers because you do not deliver my packages on time. Yeah, we should say we actually have no idea what the motive was. That probably has nothing
0: to do with it, but is worth noting if you ever want anything off Amazon here just don't bother. Anyway. I was blissfully <laughs> unaware and in Madrid, but oh. I'm glad that I now feel really up to date. Well, I can fill you in. I think the most interesting part of this story was that the way police found out what was going on was there was a QR code on the package, you know, one of those like square oh, the barcode things. Yeah, one of the barcode mm-hmm. square black and white things that we're gonna be the code of the future and now just seem like a kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so they scan this, find out that the people who've left this package want millions of euros to not set off the bomb that is supposedly inside. Hang on a minute. Somebody made a QR code yeah. and then stuck it to their package. Exactly. That's pretty cluey. It is pretty, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. I have to give them credit yeah. there. anyway so they do a controlled detonation they evacuated the christmas market for ages um turned out you know obviously nobody got hurt it was fine they in the end found that the package was full of um, explosives but no detonator and since then they've released some helpful instructions about what to do if you see a suspicious package in Berlin at a Christmas market anywhere, Um, I thought this advice was worth passing along because it's kind (laughs) of... What's the advice? The advice is don't open any suspicious packages lurking around public places. I think that would be self-evident. And other things you can look for are smudges, visible wires, maybe a clue, and unfamiliar (laughs) or missing return addresses. I (laughs) so often don't put a return address on my stuff. Yeah, it's either
1: drugs or a bomb, so just like back off and don't touch it. Recently in Poland, I sent something from myself to myself and I was sure it was not gonna make it to me because I was like, they are gonna think, what is going on here? (laughs) Neither of the addresses were Polish, obviously.
0: But it got there. What, you put the return address as somewhere in Germany while you were in Poland yeah with and I the expectation was, that they would like use the Polish mail system to deliver it back yeah, to I thought it was
1: you. quite a good idea because I was like well if it doesn't make it they're going to return it to me yeah, you,
0: yeah don't put <laughs> postage on it at all just like put the incorrect stamps be like they're going to have to send this internationally
1: <laughs> exactly mm, but it know.
0: wasn't a bomb I don't know if it works <laughs> like that anyway let's go on to some other stories that have been making news around the
1: world all right well we've got to give you a bit of a Brexit update because Britain's divorce, divorce talks with the EU had finally been making some progress this week and They looked set to head into a new stage of negotiations, but they've hit another stumbling block. Surprise, surprise. surprise. (laughs) (laughs) A small Northern Irish party called the DUP is making life difficult for British Prime Minister Theresa May. Now, for those who don't remember, May called an election in the wake of Brexit. Well, it was actually this. some are just gone she was trying to bolster her mandate and instead of bolstering it she ended up with a loss she had to form a coalition with these guys the dup (laughs) now they're on board and not the most popular yeah we could say not many people like them um now the dup are saying they don't want to be treated differently from britain so The EU and the UK were about to sign this deal, this sort of like preliminary deal. They ironed out many of the things that were holding them back. Now the DUP saying they don't want to be treated when it comes to borders after Brexit. They want to remain firmly with Britain and not... With a hard border to Ireland, which will still be in the EU. They don't want to be in a customs union with the EU. Now May needs to get her own house in order before further discussions with the EU. Okay, and what else? Let's
0: bring you an update on Malta, if you remember one of our previous episodes about the investigative journalist Daphne Caruana-Galizia, who was killed by a car bomb in Malta. That's a European Union member state in the Mediterranean, and it's been almost two months since then, and a Maltese court has charged three men with her murder. Seven others were released on bail pending further investigation. And remember, the government had offered a 1 million euro reward for information about the case. But her family had said that they were, quote, not interested in justice without change. They feel that just bringing, uh, you know, a set of criminals accusing and convicting a set of criminals for the murder is not going to address deeper seated issues with corruption on the island they said they did not want a criminal conviction just so that those in government who
1: stood to gain from their mother's death could say that they had taken care of the case so we should give you a me too update as well hashtag me too for those of you who haven't listened to our last episode you should go ahead and check it out It's called us too Very (laughs) #hashtag us too. Time magazine's Person of the Year, Person of the Year, is the entire Me Too movement, with a cover featuring some of the women who helped break the silence and start a global movement to raise awareness of sexual harassment and assault.
0: So that brings you up to date on everything that's been going on recently here in Europe. Thanks so much to everyone who's given us feedback this year. It's been a learning curve and I feel like we've been doing a bit better. Learning
1: curve, quite a steep one. Hope you agree.
0: Um, (laughs) We'd like to give a special shout out to Angelique Herring who designed our cover art. Thanks, Arguably the best part of this whole podcast. Um, we also wanted to say we're True. going to be taking a break over the holidays to get some new exciting things ready for you in the new year and also just to treat ourselves. But we will be back with exciting new episodes in 2018, so don't go away.
1: In the meantime, all we want for Christmas is for you to subscribe to Europe Today Where can in they the subscribe? iTunes store. Very good. Or any other podcast um, advertising. If you listen yeah. to SoundCloud, check us out on the website. Um, please leave us a five star review. Tell us, um, give us your feedback. If you've got feedback that's less than five stars, please just write us an email. You're that's an in-person kind of um, <laughs> message to convey. But give us five stars so that we can get a higher rating on iTunes. That would be great. Please tell your friends so they can find out about us. You can, of course, also still keep
0: up to date on our website at youruptodate.com. Like Rebecca said, follow us on SoundCloud, also on Facebook, or on Twitter at you Until next year, I'm Claire Richardson. I'm Rebecca Ritters. We'll see you in 2018. Ho, 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 ho.